Hey everyone, this is Caleb here from In the Mood for Real History. Now before you get started with this episode, if you haven't heard, I want to tell you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain it to you. First off, being on a teacher's salary, I love that it is free. There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey all you cool cats and commies, I'm Caleb. I'm Zach. And this is In The Mood. All right, all right, all right. We have got, we're back for a new week. Next episode and holy shit what a week it's been. Yeah, so we decided to take a uh, full 360 degree turn decide like regarding the episode that we were supposed to do about cancel culture, but that is to be left on the back burner. Yep, because there were more pressing matters and more pressing news that happened this week that we felt was more prevalent to get covered for us to cover this week. So it's this week we're going to be talking about uh, some two interesting topics. But before that, we would love to hear from you and also leave us a like, subscribe, and just if you would love to be interviewed, just let us know. Yeah, if you want to come on this show, we want to hear from you. We want y'all to feel a part of the show. Like we feel a part of it as as one. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is all about changing perspectives, elevating perspectives. More say. So we want to hear from y'all. We want to know your opinions. So make sure to always feel free to, uh, after liking and subscribing. Of course. Uh, leave us a comment if you want to be included. In or you know what? Or if you just want to talk some straight politics, then mm-hmm. go right the fuck ahead. Yeah, if you think that I'm absolutely batshit crazy, I want to hear if you're why. Just, if, you just, if they just think you're just some libtard, you know. I want to hear from you, you know. I want, I'll, t- I'll show you why you're wrong. Or Bernie Bootlicker. I'm a Bernie. Hey, I'm a proud comrade, okay? If that means me giving a shit about people that's not just myself, then call me comrade, Okay. But anyway, this week, we're going to be covering the crisis that happened in Texas over the week, last week, and we're going to talk about student debt. But our first topic that we're going to discuss is this past week's winter storm and the freezing temperature, temperatures that have left millions without power, and it's killed at least 23 people so far. The situation is particularly devastating in Texas, which is facing rolling blackouts, Temperatures that are four degrees in Dallas, literally four degrees in Dallas, Texas. That is insane to me. And, you know, last but not least, there was literally a fucking snow NATO, not a shark NATO, but a snow NATO. Have you heard of a snow NATO before, Zach? No, but, you know, our leaders would tell us just to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and trudge on. Literally, what would you do if you saw a snow NATO coming at you? <laughs> like, I would just be like, you know, that is just a sign that it's my time to go. If I saw a snow NATO coming at me. So speaking of snow NATO, how exactly did this whole massive energy crisis happen that affected and ravaged Texas? It was all them damn liberals' fault. It was Bernie's fault, actually. It was AOC, you know, the, all the socialists' fault. But no, um, so the demand for power soared to levels that, you know, the power grid in Texas couldn't handle because, you know, most of the time in Texas in February, it's not four degrees. And there's not a polar vortex that's happening. Cough, cough, climate change, cough, you cough, know, cough. But that's not real. That's fake news. Cough, cough. But 
So you had an increase in the demand for power that just soared to levels unheard of. But then the supply of energy dropped, of available energy dropped in Texas because of these interruptions to the weather. So you had an inverse effect on the uh, power, the supply and demand of power. And so that led to what this massive blackouts happening all across the state. So why couldn't like neighboring states like Oklahoma or surrounding states? Did you paid attention in geography. I'm so exactly. proud of you. Exactly. Why couldn't they just send their aid or send help instead of having to have old Iron Jaw write out a, a, a national emergency? How come they couldn't have relied on other states? Exactly. You know? So Texas was pretty much uniquely screwed because of this huge difference between the private power grid and the national power grid. So Texas being Texas, they've deregulated the their power supply. So in the 1990s, they wanted to focus on private corporations making billions over you know maintaining the power grid. So they went off of the national grid. So you know there's a national system of power grids, just to keep this short and simple because this is boring and complicated. But there's a power grid system that goes across the entire country. So let's say if, uh, let's say Oklahoma has a natural disaster and they need help from other states in regards to power, they can have, through the national power grid, have power be sent from other states to Oklahoma. But Texas, they wanted to privatize it. Of course. Of course, you know, because profits. Who gives a fuck about if, you know, people are able to be taken care of in a disaster? So in the 1990s, when guess who was governor? Hmm. Here's your quiz. Who? He was he was a former president. Uh he's a legacy. He's had his dad was president and he was president. George Bush. Hey, yeah. George W. W. W Bush. He was governor. And also got a through sh- <laughs> shoe thrown at him. <laughs> no. Throw it at him. But um, so in the 1990s, Texas deregulated their power supply. So they wanted to focus on having private businesses be in charge of their power grid system instead of the federal government. So everybody's like, yeah, that's great. Private business, right? Because their private business owners are making billions. But by being private, they're not forced to, you know, upgrade their system, maintain their system, have maintenance done on the system to keep it up to, you know, up to code, up to par. So after nearly 30 years of this, when a natural disaster caused by climate change happens, then they're not prepared. And you get this because, you know, most Texas homes are not built to be prepared for a winter vortex. You know, it's not usually this cold in Texas. So they were just completely overwhelmed. And so usually the national power grid is split into three sections. There's the western half of the country, the eastern half of the country, and then Texas. Literally, Texas is its own power grid because they That's refuse to do... That's such a Texas thing to do. I know. Like, you know, we, we, we want to be independent. We're too good for anybody else. We're the energy capital of the United States. And then they're tripping over their dicks because they can't do anything now. So what about the reaction from their the state that went red, Republican state of Texas? What was the reaction? And this is where... You know, usually we wait until later in the episode to do our fuck you of the week, but this one is like the whole section is dedicated. Our fuck yous are dedicated to these three people. So first off, we have former governor of Texas, Rick Perry. And he was actually the energy secretary for 
former President Trump, which this is hilarious to me. So Rick Perry was quoted as saying, Texas Texans should be willing to go days without power if it means they won't have to worry about government interference having access to the state's power grid. That sounds so Republican and so libertarian at the same time. Because they don't like, want they don't want government interfering. Nope, no government, not at all. It's like Ayn Rand and Rand Paul had a love child. And that's like these comments in this section, okay? So that's former Governor Rick Perry. So fuck anybody that, you know, we just want to be able to not have government interference. So any Texans that die, they should be happy to die just so you the died government— for your, You died for the state of Texas. You didn't get government power. Like, literally, this is how fucked up these people are. And I was really going to try not to say fuck as much this episode, but they are so deserving of it, just to say. And then we get to almost the worst, but Tim Boyd, who is the former mayor of Colorado City, Texas, and he was quoted as saying, and I know you're going to love this one, no one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and county, along with power providers and any other service, owes you nothing. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. Quit taking all these handouts. What the actual fuck? I'm sick and tired of people taking handouts. What handouts? Their tax dollars go to fund these businesses. Their tax dollar, they're tax-paying citizens. It's not a handout. So think about it this way. This is coming from the man whose salary as a mayor is a handout because he's he's being paid by taxpayer dollars. So think about this. Also, his police, the police department, the fire department, those are all taxpayer. Those are handouts. Also, Social Security, Medicare. If he gets his, if he gets um, robbed, he wants a cop. He wants to be able to dial nine one one, right? Well, that's taxpayer dollars right there. So is that a handout then? Well, then my point is, why in the world would you even want to become the mayor in the first place then? I know. In the job of a mayor to help people. And so the But then you're wanting to help people, but then say, you know, we don't we don't want to give you any handouts. You're, you're, you, you know what? It's Texan. It's just very not Texan-like to take handouts. I'm pulling up my pants like a Texan right here. Y'all need to sink or swim. Y'all need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Now, don't mind you that you have no power, that it's four degrees, that you have no clean drinking water, but you need to figure it out. Now, I'm going to go live in my taxpayer-funded house. Mansion, my, not, mansion. Not, not house, mansion. Right. And I'm and just like Rick Perry, and I'm going to, I don't want no federal help because I'm going to be in my house with my generators and my family sink, swimming in my heated pool, like literally. But y'all just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So the whole let, let's just get to this the title the main title of our episode, <laughs> the flying Ted Cruz. The flying Ted Cruz. I think that's pretty. That's it has a ring to it, doesn't it? Flying Ted. You know where I came up with that from? Facebook. <laughs> Donald Trump actually. Wow. Because what did he call Ted Cruz in 2016? Flying Ted? He called him Lying Ted. Oh, oh. Lying Ted. I was about so to say. now he's Flying Ted. But I mean, at the, at this, that same time, but then he still kisses Trump's ass. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, he literally. Even though he called him lying and pretty much shit on his whole political career. Shit but. on his wife. He made fun of his wife and his dad. 
said and his dad was involved with murdering JFK. But now Ted Cruz just like, you know, has to extricate his face from his ass to be able to speak each time. Speaking of that, you know, I think our the, the title picture of our last episode really fits that. If y'all haven't checked, that's a good segue, Zach. I like that. Make sure to check out our last episode if you haven't already. That has a wonderful picture. You will love it. And you know, it has Mitch McConnell's ass face right in front of Trump's ass. His turtle. He's the very first person. He is the very first person to send his little head out of his shell to go up Trump's asshole. But anyway, uh, we're going to talk about flying Ted. So, you know, Ted Cruz, pretty much, he'd rather go to Mexico for the filming of, you know, Insurrection is Going Wild than actually do his job as a senator. So this whole saga started out last week um it started trending on twitter there were pictures of ted cruz at a at an airport you know he, he he's gained a little weight so he's a little chunky of course he has his little dad he has a dad bod going he's got with, his dad bod. with all tucked with the tucked in shirt still tucked in though still tucked in and probably gotta remain pro- gotta remain professional using taxpayer dollars knee high white tube socks too i bet and whitey tidies or commando one of the two He's 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 a Republican, so he's commando. No, he wears he wears jockeys. Jockeys, yeah. So anyway, and he's still trying. He looks like you know the Earth is reclaiming his face because he's got like that beard, and it's just he looks like Kevin from uh, the Office, and it's just is wonderful. But anyway, so Ted Cruz started trending on Twitter because pictures started showing up of him at the airport, and so people were thinking like. And especially me, I thought, okay, he's coming back from uh, D.C. Or I'm trying to give him at least the benefit of the doubt. Because nobody is that fucking stupid to go to Mexico. Not stupid, selfish. Both. Po- politically stupid. Personally selfish. So Ted Cruz literally went on a trip, a family weekend getaway to Cancun. Which just that by itself, that's fine. But then you add in the context that... Your state that you are the senator of is literally having a meltdown. Well, not a meltdown, a freeze down. And there's literally millions that are without power in single digit weather. They have no access to drinking water. And you just say, and his reasoning was, well, well, Heidi and my kids, their school was canceled for a week. So we thought we'd just take a, a a trip down to Cancun. Because, as Heidi Cruz said in their uh, text messages that surfaced, well, the hotels were only $400 a night, so we thought that was a great deal. And you know what's the funny part? While he's out flying in Texas, you have senators and actually congressmen and women, AOC and uh, who was it? It was Beto, right? Yeah, Beto, who's not even in Congress. He lost to Ted Cruz. And keep going. Go ahead. So what happened was they— they're supposedly radical socialist, but you know what? They come and raise money for the state of Texas, even though your home senator is flying out of out of the country, mind you, to go vacation and stay away from where he don't want to face the music. He wanted to find a better life for his family. He was in a horrible situation, and he was trying to escape to find a better life for his family. Oh, wait, never mind. I digress. You catch that? That's immigration. You catch that right there? Is that, is that, is that, are you making an immigration joke? Yeah, Mexico said that America did not send them our best. But, you know, um, I'm glad you caught that. But, so, literally, 
you have AOC raise $3 million, $3 million in two days for food banks, for supplies, for all of that. You've got Beto O'Rourke was sitting there and phone banked over 200,000 people in a day to coordinate uh, supply relief and, you know, relief for people on the ground. You have, you know, these supposedly radically socialists, like you said, but then that's just the, that shows the clear difference between Democrats and Republicans. In my Selfishness. Opinion. You've got Republicans that are either passing the buck, which we're going to get to in a minute. You know, they're just passing the buck to blame anybody but themselves. And then you've got selfish pricks like Ted Cruz that escaped to Mexico, which I find very ironic, in the middle of a crisis. Like, literally, there are people that have no access to power or water in sub-zero temperatures. Did you see some of the pictures? Yeah, it's the fact of, like, their homes were some, – some people's homes was flooding, and they, it's, they were knee-deep in water. And then it froze. Literally, you, there was one picture of it in a hallway of an apartment complex where the water had busted through the pipes and it's pouring down out of a ceiling uh, – what is it, a ceiling fan? Yeah, in the and middle it of the hall, and it. it froze like a stalagmite, like you see in uh, caves, because it's so cold. They said that it was warmer outside than it was inside in some areas, and it's just so sad because that, then you start seeing these individual stories of like a mom and a daughter who parked, or they had to go in their car and turn on the car for heat, and they ended up dying from carbon monoxide poisoning because it was warmer being in the car than in their house. Because they were so desperate. You had people having bonfires inside their house. Like, these are what, you know, D Donald Trump would call a shithole country. And this is happening in Texas. And it's just, it's so disgusting. And you so know what's disgusting. even more disgusting is, what about the disinformation that was spread throughout all this? By certain oh, yeah. politicians, by certain oh, yeah. people about, when, when it all boils down to it, they're just pointing... They're, they're pointing fingers about who's really at fault. Yeah, they're trying to point fingers for anybody but themselves. And I do want to cover one thing before I cover this, though. Literally, besides just being absolutely politically stupid in this, Ted Cruz then even took it a step further before finally admitting that he doesn't have a defense for this, and he blamed his kids for him leaving. He said, well, I didn't want to, but I was trying to be a good dad and escape for the weekend with my kids. But I was going to fly back that next afternoon. So pretty much he called himself in a lie, and he was just he trying to... He caught yeah. his dick in his hands. And he decided, oh, well, I'm going to throw anybody I can under the bus, his own kids under the bus, until finally he got so much crap for that, he finally said, you know what, I don't, I don't have a defense. I don't have a defense. I just did it, and i terribly wrong. But then he goes on to say, but what we really need to be talking about. See why, like you said, he's diverting the attention yeah. from the fact that he's leaving his own people. And you realize that if, let's say, AOC or Bernie or even Iron Jaw Joe Biden, if they decide like... If he woke up long yeah, enough. Yeah, I was about to say, if he, if he got himself up from his nap long enough, you know, if if they were in his home state then and they did that, you would hear nothing but like... Straight up, they would get shit on by Tucker Carlson. And that's what I want to talk about is the hypocrisy. You know, just last year in California when there was the wildfires going on, Ted Cruz himself 
tweeted out, you know, his response that California is unable, and I quote, to perform even basic functions of civilization, like having reliable electricity. Huh. Biden, Harris, AOC want to make California's failed energy policy the national standard. Hope you don't like air conditioning. So last summer, to give you some context, California was experiencing rolling blackouts because of a wildfire caused by... Cough, cough, climate change. Climate change. So Ted Cruz, in his almighty wisdom, decides to tweet out against, you know, California because of all this. You know, a natural disaster. Instead of, you know, trying to figure out how to help, he decided he was also... He's going to point fingers. Is he's going to yeah, say you did? You're you're not doing this right, right? But and then whenever people actually want to point their fingers at him, he's making up excuses and throws his own kids under the bus. Exactly. And another example, back in what was it, 2011, when Hurricane Sandy hit uh, New York City and New Jersey and all that. You know, there was the famous uh, Obama hugging uh, Chris Christie photo because everybody was like, "Why is a Democrat hugging a Republican?" Uh, Ted Cruz was one of the few senators to reject providing funding for hurricane relief for New York and New Jersey, both Democrat states. So, and then this is the same guy that also will fly out when a disaster hits his own state. So, you know, when it all boils down to it, Texans, you elected this man. So the people spoke. And that's what it comes down to is like you, and I hate to sound like some old fuck, but you reap what you sow. You we're going to say, you lie in that bed you made. You lie. The chickens are coming home to roost, Bobby. Like, but this is, I want to turn this in to say, you know, hold him accountable. He's up for re-election in 2024. Hold him accountable. And, you know, most politics, you know, you forget about shit that happens the next week, especially in the last four years. But I truly don't think that Texans are going to forget about this. You think so, or you think that because they're so red, though, you know what I'm saying? But are they? Look at how close this election was. Um, Beto lost to Ted Cruz in 2018 by one and a half points. But you got to realize it was the the like the liberal cities like Dallas or you know. No, I mean those are that still that's the closest race that there's been in a long time. And then in this past election, Donald Trump only won by like three points. So Joe Biden, Iron Jaw, was able to make a lot of headway. So what I'm saying is, you know, you got to think about Texas is trending left or trending blue, I will say. I won't say left. but Trending moderately left. Right, to moderate. <laughs> Alt-right, or no, like center-right, center-right. But, you know, this is a chance for progressives to hold Ted Cruz accountable. I literally, in the upcoming election, so 2024, when he's running for re-election, I would have nonstop. Where were you when disaster strikes? What kind of leader are you? When shit hits the fan, where are you? You know, I would just say that over and over and over again. That would be my response to everything. And make him answer for it and repeat and repeat and repeat. So what would you say to the to your two best friends, Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson, about trying to blame the uh, the green energy for failing them? About how the wind turbines supposedly froze or some shit like that. Oh, it's complete bullshit. They, you know, because Texas prides itself in oil and natural gas. So, you know, just like they have to find somebody to blame for the fossil fuel. We're going to blame, we're going to blame the green energy. Yeah, even the, even blame. though it's, what is it, makes up how, like, less than 
two percent of the of the nation's energy well, consumption. I mean, and that's just it. Is green energy is working, and so you know they the fossil fuel industry shit the bed, and so they got to find somebody to blame. So you know Hannity and Tucker Carlson they blame wind turbines for freezing. This is quote wind turbines froze and people died. So they're literally blaming AOC and the Democrats for the Green New Deal. And the Green New Deal is not even a fucking law. And they're blaming them for it. And so they're, you know, I didn't realize that AOC and Bernie had like snuck in the Green New Deal when we weren't paying attention. Was it during the Super Bowl week or something? Like they passed it and nobody knew about it? Or better yet, if that's the case, or is it just Texas doing like a trial run of the Green New Deal? And that's why it fucked up, right? Like, I didn't know that such Republicans approved of the Green New Deal. But literally, they're blaming these things, and there's no—it's just fake. It's just passing off bullshit. So why exactly—why are they wrong and hypocritical of them to, to, to say that? So it's just fucking insane because they're just so desperate to left the, let the fossil fuel industry off the hook. Because A, there's three things that I want to cover. The Green New Deal isn't even a law. It's just a plan right now. It's not even it's, a proposal, it's, it, it's yeah. It, yeah like you said like it hasn't went through Congress and hasn't even been up to up for debate. It's just been a talked about plan. Exactly. So it's not even a law. There's never even been a vote on it. Even Nancy Pelosi is against it. So well, yeah, I, uh, know, that's not really yeah. Well, I hey, mean, I mean, you know, I get shit on because I'm always against Republicans. So I'm trying to you know be fair and balanced, unlike Fox. So anyway, second. Wind energy only accounts for 30% of the energy created in Texas. So 30% is wind energy. And so these wind turbines, they were not what's called winterizing them. Because, you know, most of the time in Texas, they don't need to. And so around 50% of the wind turbines in Texas froze. Because the Republicans did not see it as a priority to winterize their wind turbines. So that means... Like, um, you know, getting things ready for winter. You know, like if you have a swimming pool, yeah. how you cover it in a tarp and yeah. all that kind well, of stuff? Do you think it was that? Or do you think that the fact that they thought, oh, well, we have enough in reserves to last us. Oh, it's not going to happen. Or, you know, it, it was just like they just caught with their, like you said, their dick in their fucking hand. And that's what happens when you have these private industries. They're going to cut, you know, cut corners to save a penny. You know, they're more worried about profits. They don't care about the people that it affects the most. So if it means not winterizing the wind turbines in order to keep them ready and in, in order to save a couple of hundred million dollars, they're going to do it because 50% of the wind turbines froze in Texas. The other 50% were operating at above normal rates. So they were able to produce more energy than usual. So the wind turbines that were along the coast or along the Gulf coast and along the Mexican border, they were able to, they're working just fine. It's because they weren't winterized. And think about this, my third point. Wind turbines, they work in the cold. I mean, look at North and South Dakota. Did, guess, did you know the, about North and South Dakota? What do you know about them in the wintertime? I was, I'm pretty, it's pretty fucking cold. cold. It's <laughs> fucking cold. cold. Is that a trick question? No, yeah, No, it sounds like it, but it's not. It's pretty damn cold. And then as well as, you know, the socialist Denmark. And you know what the number one place for... Wind turbines in the world? Where? Antarctica. And that, it's that cold right there will, upon cold. That right there is will just blow our viewers' minds. Yes. Like, you know, that is just like shrivel it up. The minute you step outside, cold. 
Antarctica is the number one producing place for wind turbines in the world. And they work just fine because they're winterized. So what I'm saying is green energy works if people make it a priority, but people don't make it a priority. And you want to know a fun fact about um, Antarctica? What? I didn't know this and I feel kind of stupid. Did you know that there's actually land underneath Antarctica? I felt really stupid. Mind thought. You know, like how you, you know, like the North Pole is just ice on top of water, right? Right. So I guess I never really thought about it, but Antarctica, there's land underneath. And so in Antarctica, the, with all the, uh, the ice caps melting and the glaciers melting and breaking off of Antarctica, there's land that is being now, people are seeing land for the first time in hundreds of thousands of years. So these scientists down in Antarctica are seeing all these green plants and all these different, uh, you know, fossil, yeah. fossils and stuff yeah, that they've fo- never seen mm-hmm. before. I just think that's fascinating. I read an article about it last week. So how can we fix the epic fuck up of the power grid? You know, that's the bigger issue that we need to focus on. It's happened. Like you said, it's been a fuck up. So how can we fix it? First off, we could actually pass the Green New Deal. You know, that is the main focus that we need to look at because, you know, the fossil fuel industry is obviously shitting the bed because this is what privatized industry, big industry does. Let me ask you this, though. Do you think it's shitting the bed or you think it if Texas wasn't privatized, do you think they still would have the same kind of fossil that like the fossil fuel industry would work? It would. I think that they wouldn't have had this bad of an outcome if they would have been part of the national grid because there could have been other states send them uh power energy power yeah and also i think that the wind turbines would have been taken care of they would have been winterized but at the same time this is just it just hits the crux of why we need to implement a green new deal because fossil fuels are finite they're not unlimited they're going to run out at some point and so what are we going to do if you just want to look at it straight from that, like take climate change out of the picture. What do you say to the people that say, oh, well, we have enough oil reserves to last 40, 50 years? Okay, well, what about after that? Fuck anybody else that's left? Fuck your kids? I hope to be alive in 40 to 50 years. You know, that'd make me, what, 66? I really hope to hell I'm alive. So it's just selfish assholes is what it comes down to. They don't give a shit about people because they're going to be dead. But, you know, there's still going to be a lot of people alive then, hopefully. So you got to give a shit about people first off. And then if you want to look at it from the climate change aspect of it, you know, we're going to reach the point and we see that it's blatantly obvious that climate change is a major issue that is affecting us right now, not in the future, but right now. So is it is it still a thing or can you, or are you only lessening the impact of how bad climate change is? You know, that's the big thing is climate change we all talk about preventing climate change, preventing climate change. But we're, in my opinion, past the point of prevention because it's happening now. I mean, look at it. Just this, in this last year, we had wildfires in California. We had over 30 hurricanes in the United States, the most ever on record. We have these once-in-a-lifetime events like what happened in Texas are happening now almost every year. So climate change is happening right now. How do you? What would you say to the people that say, "Oh, it's just natural"? Like the weather is different every day. Well, I mean, okay, the weather's different every day. Great, but look at the 
intensity of these events. So for instance, when winter usually only lasts about, you know, what's called mild winters and stuff like that, and then we either have extremes. There's no happy medium like, a, you know, just a usual happy medium. There's extremes. God, there's like you mean, you mean, cold. you mean there's no Joe Bidens? There's no happy mediums? <laughs> there's either far, far right, like uh, Donald Trump, which is extremely hot summers, or there's extremely cold, like Bernie. Like you just, there's no happy medium. No in between. No, 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 mi- no middleman. No middleman. He's a union guy, though. But, um, yeah, so, you know, we have to take the time to invest in climate change mitigation. So we got to lessen the impact of it by investing in green energy and infrastructure. Crazy concept, infrastructure. It's not sexy like defense, but think about it. We have roads and bridges and dams that are fucking you know, cracking, cracking and falling apart. And and have you most I don't think people have realized how many potholes do you drive over each and every day by your shittily fucking roads that are exactly <laughs> that are paved and you know what could almost, you know, make sure that, you know, we are brought into the 21st century in regards to infrastructure, almost like a federal job guarantee, which is neither a Republican or Democrat policy. It's an American policy, but a federal job guarantee could, in, you know, ensure that these infrastructures are taken care of. Haven't you done an episode about a federal jobs guarantee in your own page or what? I did do an episode on the federal job guarantee. I would definitely highly suggest that we look into that, that you look into that. Check out Real Progressives. I did an episode on how the federal job guarantee can ensure that people don't lose their jobs after a $15 minimum wage increase. Because it's over the course of five years, over the course of five years. It's not like it's all fucking up front, you dipshits. But yes, a federal job guarantee is like the safety valve to hold private businesses accountable. So it all goes back. It all, like I said, goes back to this infrastructure. So, for instance, we know that if you live along the coast, you're going to have to have what's called weatherized home housing to deal with the storms off the coast of the yeah so your homes are built to withstand hurricane force winds or if you live in california you need to have earthquake proof homes you know or if you live in the north you need to have weatherized homes just like infrastructure and buildings like california the buildings sway if there's Mm -hmm. any yeah like so think about it think about it if these people have a guaranteed job with the government that's creating jobs, A, right? So all the conservatives that say, you need to get a job. Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville. Here, I'm helping you, Tuberville. I'm helping you get elected, reelected. I would fucking vote for you if you push for a federal job guarantee, Tommy Tuberville. With me and my millions of followers that I influence, I know, that both of us influence, I would vote for you. But they, A, have a job. That's creating uh, not only employment, but also they're getting paid which then they're going to put that money into the economy while also doing product or their productivity is going to be building infrastructure for the nation. So it's a win-win. That's how FDR helped us get out of the Great Depression with the jobs program in the 1940s. That's how majority of your homes, that's how majority of your roads that were paved, you know. How do you think we got half the buildings that you see in your downtown areas? How do you think that we got the majority of our roads and bridges, thanks to the drivable and not fucking dirt roads. The majority of our national parks were built by the jobs programs. So for those of you who said, well, it's a Democrat policy. No, it's an American policy. And it's the reason half of your parents, you boomers, half of your parents were able to survive the Great Depression. 
thanks to a democratic policy, a socialist policy. At and that. also, the mind you, how you're able to get your, how they were able to get their retirement, and you know, through working through the government, which has a pension that pays you the rest of your life. Yeah. And then you have a union to protect your rights as a worker that takes your rights into consideration. So anyway, all that to say. Climate change is happening now. We are seeing the effects of it up close and personal on a daily basis. It's better to mitigate the effects than have to clean up completely and start over after each. Or event. irreversible damage. Yeah. We're if, having, if not treated. Right. There's irreversible damage. So instead of, you know, just sitting here and throwing our heads in the sand and acting like it's not happening. Or just don't, or people that just don't give a fuck and, or don't even believe it's real. What would you right. say to the people that don't even believe it's real? We are fucking idiots. Get your head out of the sand or quick. Or, no, you know that it's real. You just don't care because you're not being affected. And that's what it comes down to is people actually have to give a crap about other people. So speaking about people actually not caring or being affected by it, what would you say about the student debt? <laughs> so I like your segue. So our, our second main topic of the night is looking at the monstrosity that is our student debt. All one point. Six trillion dollars worth 1. of debt. One point six trillion dollars. That's affecting nearly forty-four millions Americans, including yours truly. And so, this oppressive weight that is the student debt is, you know, it's just crippling not only the economy, but millions of people who were, you know, told to go to college to have a gr a better life, and then they graduate with a mountain of debt that they'll never be able to pay off. But, or could it? That's the main question. So speaking of it, what, as all the viewers know, Iron Jaw Joe Biden himself had a town hall in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And he... His first ever official presidential town hall. So it is a big deal because it's all about the issues that face our country right now. So there was a question that a woman herself even admitted and asked him, would you cancel $50,000 of student debt? And she said, literally, like, $50,000 is the least to be able to make a dent. Right. So, and his response was, I will not. <laughs> he literally said, I, I, I'm, I will not be that person to do it. And But he did say he will cancel up to $10,000. So, but why is it that he could only go up to ten? Okay, so without an act, but he, but he claims he says it's an he, he can't do it. It's an act of Congress. Okay, so that's a a huge question, and we're going to break it down into a couple of areas. First off, he said that he was okay with an executive action for ten thousand, but he said he doesn't have the power to do fifty. How are you able to have the power to do ten, but not fifty? First off. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna insert you with this thing though. Mm -hmm. Why not just cancel and go through executive action and cancel ten thousand dollars now, and then more will come. I mean, I'd be fine with that if there would be more to come. But he said, "I'm just got the executive action to do ten. And you got to think about it this way: any executive action that he makes is going to come up before the Supreme Court. So this is probably the if I'm having to make an an a defense of Joe Biden, which I'm not wanting to. God, I know you just you are just itching to fucking shit on him. A I'm going to give his perspective, then I'm going to give mine. Okay, okay. So give Iron Jaw. I'm going to give Iron Jaw his defense so that he won't stammer and stutter through it, and then I'm going to give mine. I'm sorry, that was mean. 
So he won't get off on a side tangent. We'll there you that. go. Okay. So he won't talk about his how his dad pulled himself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. My daddy. I'm a union guy. I'm a hard worker. <laughs> so our little fireside chat here. So Biden claims that he would rather, you know, fund early childhood education, pay for community college and all that. And so he's using the argument, well, the Supreme Court is going to try to shoot down any would shoot it down basically. Yeah, any executive action that I take that is major. But okay, fine. If that's what you want to go with, fine. But why not why can't we have both? Why can't we have forgiveness of student debt and fund childhood education and fund community college? He has the ability to do all of that with the signature of a pen. And it's by using the exact monetary system that we have set up right now. So think about it. I want you to think about this, okay? Because it's fascinating when you think about it. The United States is the issue, issuer of our own currency. So the dollar, we don't base it off of anything else, right? The U.S. dollar. The U.S. Yes. dollar. Right? Not, not a peso, not a, 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 a dong, pound. A dong. A, a, a pound. A pound. Not a yen. Nothing. Everybody else is based off of us, right? They base the value of their dollar. Their money off of us. The greatest right? currency in the world. We issue our own dollar. So we can print as much as we want. Be quote, quote, air quotes on print because we don't technically print dollars. We just put a number up there, right? So our taxes don't fund our spending, okay? So the taxes that you and I pay does not fund government spending. I think you need to say that louder for, for the people in the back who says, you're using our tax dollars. Our tax dollars does not go to fund the military, does not go to fund education, does not go to fund, uh, what is it, the uh, welfare programs that you love to bitch about. Our tax no handouts. Does, I know, all these handouts. They don't because Congress, think about it. I, I really want you to think about it because when you think about it, it's like that light bulb going off. Congress doesn't wait for everyone's taxes to come in before they fund programs, do they? It's executive action, right? Literally, literally. Well, kind of. Think about this. Congress, whenever they put out their budgets for the year. It's all of, it's a majority of things bundled into one. Right. And, but what I'm saying is we don't, we pay our taxes throughout the year. Does Congress wait until the end of the year to go, oh, well, now we can fund this program? No. Congress funds it by funding it. They appropriate so much money to the programs. So the programs that get funded are the ones that they have priority that they prioritize. And so then somebody says, well, what's the point of us having our taxes then? That's what keeps the inflation rate. Because if you put all this dollars into the economy, then that's what causes the inflation rate to go up because the there's too many dollars in the economy. So taxes are meant to take money out of circulation. Okay, so back to the point when you said on how Biden said he wants to fund community colleges and make them free, right? He can do it. So my question is, why did why is it that people start out at a four year college when you can go the cheaper route for free? Not not, not for free, but at a discounted price instead of like as an example, I want to go to my community college and do my first two years and then transfer to just go the cheaper route instead of. Well, that's great. That's great, but not everybody want, needs to go that route. Some people need to go to a university to start out with. Some people need to start out at a community college because they're not 100% sure what they want to do. But I keep going back to 
why are we fine? You know, we don't second guess these companies that need bailed out like Ford, like different banks and stuff like that. They get bailed out without a second thought. But then because someone's trying to better themselves, they're now demonized as a lazy no good? No, no, no. But then it also, it says, like during the town hall, Biden mentioned that he don't want to forgive loans from Ivy League schools like Yale, Penn, Harvard, shit like that. But the majority of the people that do that are college dropouts because it says 33% graduate from public college four year at a four year rate. And then private colleges at are 52% for four year and 65% for six years. Okay. So my question is though, you know how majority, like say, say as an example, you have uh, a person that came from a impot like came from a well upbringing, right? And they have, w- and they went to college and after a couple of years paid a fuck ton of money and just dropped out. Mm-hmm. So you think the government should forgive every bit, every bit of their student debt? Yeah, because they can. But that's a waste of government money. But it all goes back to, you know, it's just money that's being printed. And second, look at this. They're going to college and trying. And then they realize maybe that's not for them. It's just it's a, okay. It's a waste of government money though, because you're going to go out and then take out even more loans. Okay, at the we went we went to Vietnam for 15 years and tried to win a war, and then we fucking just left after millions of people died. But uh, the war in Iraq. Okay, you want to still keep going. going? You want to keep going? War in Iraq. We invaded Afghanistan and Iraq in 2001. We're still there now. 20 years later, hundreds of thousands of people died. Millions of Iraqis and Afghanistan people died, and they don't sec have a second thought about that the banks fail multiple times by fucking over the american people and then the government doesn't think twice about bailing them out so don't come at me with this bullshit about well joe blow went to college and he failed we know what at least he tried not everybody's fucking perfect so my question to you is like if you were to let's say you were to talk to joe biden iron jaw right right fucking Mm -hmm. now he's sitting right next to you and he said to you, "Why should the government and taxpayers pay up to pay?" As an example, like you meant, like that woman mentioned at the town hall, fifty thousand dollars. Why should we pay fifty thousand dollars for your fuck up? Okay, I would say, well, Joe Biden here. How about this? We're paying every single day for your fuck up by writing the crime bill, by having hundreds of thousands of Americans being sent to prison for bullshit uh, prison sentences for having a baggie of weed. So we're paying for that today by having to house these people in prison. Second off, we're paying for your fuck-up by voting for the Iraq War. You were for the Iraq War, Iron Jaw. So hundreds of thousands of people died, and we're still there today. So you were in favor of bailing out the banks in, in 2008, in 2009. So Iron Jaw Joe Biden, why is it not good enough for the American people to be bailed out. So basically what he's saying is like, why not try give give your hand at community college where it's cheaper and you can and you can, as an example, you can give it a try. And if you don't like it, then you instead of going out and wasting and spending twenty like as an example, some universities are twenty thousand dollars for just even one I semester. That. And you that's know? the issue. What what that's what it all goes back to. And you and I had this discussion a few weeks ago. Instead of spending the time that we're spending arguing about, you know, we're attacking each other, not, you know, not you and me, but what I'm saying is 
We're American our, citizens. American citizens are arguing over whether to start out at a two-year college or a four-year college when the real issue is why are four-year colleges so fucking expensive to begin with? That's the, actually, that's honestly the number one. That's why? Number not one even four-year. Why are college why is college so expensive in the first place when we do not have we shouldn't have to pay for it we are the only industrialized nation to not have free college and didn't I, and haven't you said before germany is 10 times smaller than we are but still have college for free and medic and medicare right they have college they have healthcare we're the only industrialized nation to not have healthcare or paid free college so what i'm saying is we can and it all goes back to we can afford it because we are the issuer of our own currency. So, so like you said, if Iron Jaw was sitting right here, that's what you would tell him. I would tell him. I would say, we can afford it because all you have to do is appropriate that money, have Congress appropriate it. But they make political decisions not to because that is not their priority. But what what if well, he what were to counter? No, 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 oh, no, no. Ahead. But what if he were to counter you and say, why not have ten thousand dollars immediately wiped out and then go back for more? Later. Why, why waste time when you can do it right now? Well, he can do it right now with the sign of a pen, eliminating up to ten thousand well, dollars. Why hasn't he? Why hasn't? No, he? I'm just. I'm not. I'm, right. I ain't speaking for Iron Jaw himself, but and, I'm just saying. And that's what I would say. I would say, why have you not done this yet? Why have you not implemented fifteen dollar minimum wage? Why have you? And, not- and you know what else pisses me off is the fact. Why is, has he secretly said that oh, I don't think the fifteen dollar an hour is going to go through? And it's exactly what progressives have said. He is more worried about appeasing Republicans than he is the progressives who helped get him into office. Like why, just from the outside looking in, why does he care so much about bipartisanship? Like what is it about? Because they're two sides of the same coin. They're neoliberals. They are bought and paid for by the same lobbyists. Do you think the lo- these lobbyists or these uh, corp PACs, super PACs, only give money to Mitch McConnell? They give money to both sides. Because both sides are two sides of the same coin. So the same person that's giving money to Mitch McConnell is giving money to Chuck Schumer. Yes, they are. They are. Because they want the status quo. So they go with whatever horses win. They, they want to, or that, or they want to wake up and go to their nine to five job every day, have a cush job, have a cush, cush life for everybody. Right. Because they're benefiting from it. And so they know that whoever takes their money will be beholden to them. So what I'm saying is we could easily wipe away the student debt with the stroke of a pen, but they don't because it's not poli- because those in power that give them the money do not want them to. The, the people that influence the po- politicians don't want them to by giving them donations to their super PACs. Okay, so when we were – like you said, my, my, my last question regarding the, uh, the conversation with Iron Jaw is mm-hmm. my question is why exactly – Whenever you are, what it's, it's it's really tough to explain. But when it all boils down to it, why is it that he cares so much about not uh, ten thousand dollars is a limit? Why is it he cares so much about that instead of actually wanting to impact people's lives for a change? And that's the good question. That's what I would like to know. Why is it so hell bent on ten thousand and not fifty? Because you can do both. If you can do ten. You can do 50. What's the difference? Well, I don't have the authority. How do you have the authority to forgive 10000 but not 50000 Yeah, but my thing is, though, he said, wouldn't it require congressional, instead of executive orders, that would like require congressional approval for over 10000 Okay, and that's what I re- re- uh, respond And how do you know, and number, and B, if I were to add on to that, how do you know that the $50,000 
would not just be dead on arrival as soon as it arrived in the Senate. You know what I'm saying? Well, that would be it. But also, you know, the Higher Education Act of 1965 gives the president the authority to wipe away debts for school. 1965, dealing with during the Civil Rights Movement, that gave the Department of Education, which is a cabinet position of the president, the authority to wipe away debts of schools. So he could easily do it. He just doesn't. That's what it all comes down to. They have the authority to. So why do they not? You got to think deeper into it and think, okay, who are they beholden to? Who do they answer to? Okay. All right. So like during like if you were the guy to ask a question during the town hall meeting, what would you ask Iron Jaw Joe Biden? I would ask him. I say, why do you not think twice about supporting a defense bill? Well, there would be many questions. First off, that I would want to ask. But but the, but, but regarding why do you not think twice re- regarding student loans. Okay, and that's what I'm getting to. You're not worried about the debt or the deficit when it comes to defense spending or stuff like that. But then when it comes to education or helping, actually helping the American people, then you worry about the deficit. Yeah, and also like you said, the 1.9. He he. he He's coming up with a $1.9 trillion stimulus package, and he says, now's not the time to underspend. It's the exactly. time to overspend. So, so he's, that's, he's that's, catching himself in his own words. That's the whole point of uh, deficits are good. We need to get away from this view in our society as a deficit. Our, the deficit with the deficit. Deficits are good. Think about it because the deficit means that's that much money that the government is spending into a program, Correct. So if the deficit is $4.9 trillion, I'm just throwing a number out there. Let's say $4 trillion. That's $4 trillion that was spent into the economy, right? Because the government spending is our surplus, okay? So if the government spends $4 trillion, that's $4 trillion that's being spent out towards programs. So it's about what you decide to, how you decide to allocate those resources. That's what it comes down to. So it's pretty much just like they're they're not putting the resources towards anything productive. They're doing it towards the what is be- benefiting their super PACs, those who the lobbyists that they are beholding to. Think about it, and think about it in this way: just a uh, what two months ago when it came time to the two thousand dollar survival checks, he cut it to fourteen. Well, before even that, you saw Republicans were so against it. Even some Democrats were against the two thousand dollar checks, and so they shot it down. On the same fucking day, they then went and passed a $750 billion defense bill without a second thought. 96 to 2 voted in favor of the defense bill. But you know who didn't? Bernie fucking Sanders. Bernie fucking Sanders, because he knows what the fuck's up. So what I'm saying is, that's the hypocrisy. They're not worried about the deficit when it comes to the defense bill or military spending, because... What companies are being are benefiting from defense? Weapons industries, correct? The military industrial complex. Yeah, the military. They're industry. benefiting, so they're perfectly fine with all that money going there. But when it comes to education and benefiting the American people, they oh, we can't do it all of a sudden. We so, can we, we can only give you a six hundred dollar check instead of two thousand. Exactly, and that's the fuck shit. A one time. Yeah, they can, but they choose not to. Because think about this. Think about. If you all of a sudden wipe away $1.7 trillion in student debt, all of those families, those 44 million Americans that all of a sudden would not have to make a $1,000 a month payment. Yourself included. Yes, myself. That's a 1000 extra dollars I'll have in my pocket. 
what are lower and middle class people going to do with that money? Are they going to put it in an offshore bank account or are they going to spend it? They're going to spend the shit instead of saving exactly. it. Exactly. They're going to spend it. They're going to go buy uh, a new car because they can. They're going to go on this trip that's going to put money into the economy. So that money being spent will more than quote, quote, pay for the initial cost of wiping away the debt. It's simple economics, but people don't want to look at that. They would rather just take what they've been told from Fox News that's been shoved up their ass and just roll with it because they're armchair quarterbacks that are ex experts because they post it on Facebook and then they fart themselves to sleep. So, Jesus, it's, it's simple. But it, it makes me mad because we're the ones that are being affected by it and you're voting against your own interest. Like, I could sit with a Republican and have so much more in common if they would just quit voting against their own interest and automatically shooting me down just because I have a D beside my name. For instance, I had people giving me angry faces on Facebook when I posted about uh, Ayanna Presley, Representative Ayanna Presley, uh, proposing a federal job guarantee strictly because she was a Democrat. A federal job guarantee is not a Democrat or a Republican proposal. It's an American proposal that prevent that makes quote unquote, you know, the far right say lazy people get a job. They would have a job. They would live above the poverty level and it would also help, you know, strengthen our nation's infrastructure. So all of these positives, but they don't even think about it because all they see is a D beside that person's name. And it's been, it's, I mean, if you want to get real honest, you can blame the, like you said, just the overall politics about it because it's been shoved down their throat that Democrats are so bad through the media, though. Mm -hmm. You can blame the media. The, oh, yeah. The media and, you know, right wing news is just pumping in information, exactly. pumping in false, false misleading, yeah. straight up lies, ang anger. Anger and it's making people angry, and they just become belligerent to where they can't even, you know, they reason. Yeah, they can't reason or do anything. So it's just it's so disheartening and just enraging. So to sum this shit all up, why is it that people should pay for your fuck ups and regarding college and education? Okay, so somebody would say, well, why should my money pay for your loans, right? Why should my tax dollars pay our, for Our precious tax dollars, yes. Okay, well, first off, I'd say, well, you're in luck because your tax dollars are not paying for my student loans because taxes don't fund spending. See earlier portion of the episode. Second, did you know what you wanted to do when you were 18? Did you use that? No, not unlike like, like the majority of people didn't either. Yeah, you don't know what you want to do when you're 18, and we shouldn't force people to know have an idea of what they need to do when they're 18 because your mind is still growing. You're still growing. You don't know what you want to do. I don't want to be penalized for when I was 18, I thought I wanted to, you know, go into something and your mind changes so much because think about it. If you have the ability to take the time to figure out what you truly want to do with your life, then in the long run, you're going to be more productive in that field. So when it comes to, oh, well, they're their student debt, it's going to more than pay for itself in the long run if we have a more educated and a more productive society. And when I say educated, I don't just mean going to a four-year college. You could be educated and go to a trade school. You can be educated with a two-year degree. It's about being able to pursue and achieve what you're passionate about. So 
what about to the people that say, why don't you just blame it on the educational system in general? Like your, like your high school, why did like, can't you blame that on why they didn't prepare you better or what? That's just passing the buck. It's kind of goes back to what I was saying about why are we attacking each other when we're being oppressed by those above us? So when I say that, why blame teachers who are underfunded and underpaid and under-resourced as it is? Why attack them when it's the system that puts them there? So what would you say to the people that say, well, you know what? You just hate rich people. You hate, you just don't like people who make, make a lot of money is what it is. You're blaming them. I'm not blaming You're them. You're using for, it as a quick out. I, mean, I know. You, you snowflake. Why, my better question is, why are you defending them so hard? Why are you falling out, tripping over your dick to, to uh, defend them? To defend, they don't a give a shit about to, de- to defend a former president that paid zero dollars in taxes. Right. Just to, for an example. As an example. Yeah. Like, they don't give a shit about you. Did they earn their money by pulling themselves up by their bootstraps? No. They were left a small fortune yeah, of $10 million. For, former, former President Trump was given a small loan, in his words, of $10 million. If somebody built themselves up and you know they've succeeded in life, good for them. But I personally, in my line of thinking, think it's immoral and it goes against what God teaches for someone to be worth $184 billion while we still have people sleeping on the streets. But then, while we still face an opioid crisis, while we still have people that can't afford to pay their rent, while we still have people that are sitting in Texas without power and freezing to death, that is amoral to me or immoral to me. So, my, my response to you is that why is it? What would you say to the people that say, oh, well, you're looking at this from a humanitarian perspective instead of a political perspective? Because that's what we're supposed to be as humanitarian. That's what we're supposed to be as be our brother's keeper. If you're Christian, right? In the religious sense, because that's what we base this fucking country on, is we're a Christian country. We'll start fucking acting like it. You've got people that are communists that give a better, more of a shit about people than you do God-fearing conservatives. That's what I say, because our country is life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Every single person has that right for life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, equality before the law. If there are people that are suffering because of a law that has been put in place, that law is unjust, which makes the group, the government, that is putting forth and enforcing that law unjust as well. So all that to say, why are you attacking me for wanting to give someone health care when really you should be working with me to bring down the system that allows us in this position, that puts us in this position in the first place? Because of those people that lay up and don't do nothing. Okay. Like, I, I, I don't... Okay, what is your point? You know? like it, it, Nobody likes free handouts. Nobody just... Does that make them less worthy of life? Then I could say the same thing about an old person that's in a nursing home. Did they? Does that make them less worthy of life? No, because you'd want to protect your meemaw, right? But why are they worth any less than someone who is home, houseless, not homeless, houseless, and you don't know their story? You don't know why they're in that situation. So who are you to judge? And when it comes down to it, we as a society should be able to take care, if we are the most the wealthiest nation, take care of our people. And not just focus on our people, the world. Because when it comes down to it, just like with the climate crisis, it doesn't matter if we protect our own selves and not worry about the rest of the world because climate change don't give a fuck. 
if you know we only take care of 20% of the pollution but 80% of the world is polluted then we're fucked too because the oceans is one ocean and the atmosphere is one atmosphere so it's not like you know uh weather events are going to go oh well the the united states focused on climate change preventative stuff so we're going to go around the united we're states and avoid only them. attack china like that's if you're that fucking stupid then you need to quit huffing paint okay paint or uh glue okay do you, do you see what i'm saying right it just it blows my but mind. then what what about to the people like you say going back to the to the rich what about as an example jeff bezos who gives a vast majority of his wealth to charity, but Does he's he? still somehow worth billions of dollars. So it's like, why are you shitting on him for still giving to charity? Is and, he? Yeah. His wife is. His ex-wife is. The company, I mean, do you not see the whole company of Amazon giving away, free, doing all this stuff? That's like, great. Then how come they can't pay their workers $15 an hour and let them unionize? Why can't they do that then? Or are they just giving away to charity to distract people away from the fact that their workers are working in subhuman conditions. I was listening to a podcast today talking about the union, the push for the union at in Bessemer at the Amazon facility. The workers have two 30 minute breaks for a 10 hour shift, right? Which that's fine, but they have badges where they have to swipe every single doorway they go through because this computer system in Amazon tracks how long they're away doing non-productive work which means going to the bathroom and the amount of time it takes to go to the bathroom and if it goes over 30 minutes throughout the course of a day of them doing quote quote non-productive work then they get penalized on their paycheck so that's subhuman conditions or is it the top of productivity okay so we're putting productivity over human humanity Pro that that mean by that definition you are then putting profit over people but you're there to work it's not it's not like you're there to sit and shoot the shit well that's great and you need to be productive but at the same time that's what we have worker rights and OSHA and all the well, other what about well, well, what about like groups. you like you say the quote unquote unions how do you know majority of the unions are corrupt themselves and 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 leave out their work and leave out their workers and and the people that joined and, them great I agree and those people need to be held accountable. But by focusing on certain select instances, you're dis, uh, you're distracting away from the overall issue. Those are used as deflectors. So what I'm saying is, when it comes to productivity, the happier the worker, the more well taken care of the worker, the more productive they're going to be in the long run. So why would you not produce better working conditions for your employees to help make you more money in the long run? If you have happier workers, more ha well taken care of workers, healthier workers, they won't have to take off as much because of sickness. They won't leave. You won't have to pay and spend more to uh, train people and you'll have more productivity. So you'll be selling and shipping more products. So it just makes fucking common sense. How do you, what would you say to the people that say, oh, well, all that's just on paper and, it, and it's not and it's not actually working how do you know what would you say to that okay i would say a do research yourself and not just try to attack somebody because you saw it on facebook first off second off once you do that research and get off your ass then you will see get off your ass and do a little work you will see that there have been plenty of instances of job guarantees that have happened in other countries 
For instance, in Argentina, they had a job guarantee program. In India, they had the world's largest job guarantee program that uh, employed 632 million people of, by the federal government. And they were able to lift 30% of India out of poverty. And India is has billions of, what was it, one, point? One, one billion, roughly a billion people. So they were able to lift 30% of India out of poverty in a sh relatively short amount of time. These changes don't happen overnight, but you have to start somewhere instead of just kicking the can down the road and passing the buck. Because all this time that we waste, we've been divided up and we're playing into the hand of those who are in power. Because they're still profiting while we're, uh, we're punching a, to the side instead of punching up. Or talking shit to other people whenever you should be talking shit to the business owners. Yes. So it's it all goes back to divide and conquer. They use trigger issues like race and uh, gender, and gender anti-union, all that kind of stuff, when really... Why are they pushing so hard to divide us up? If you stop and think about that for a second, then you realize they're pushing so hard to divide us up because they know that we have the power. When it comes down to it, there are more of us than there are of them. And that's why they want to take away your raffles. They <laughs> take away your raffles. No, but that's what it comes down to, you know? So if people would just start listening to one another, and just because something's different doesn't make it bad, you know? Just try and be open-minded is what it comes down to it. And think about, is it really benefiting you? All these people that you are supporting blindly, is it really benefiting you? And, and is it really helping you to have all that negative energy in your around you, you know? Mm -hmm. And even like the Green New Deal, what does it hurt to want to take care of the environment? Why is that a bad thing? Why? Because it's something new? Because I guess what people say, it's just less dependable. Okay, well, the same people probably said that when cars first came out. And look what happened. The horse was obsolete. The same people said when airplanes became, oh, that'll never take off. No pun intended. Pun totally intended. And what happened? The airplane made, you know, trains almost obsolete. And now they're and now airplane businesses are getting bailed out by the government. So. Right. So what all that to say, <laughs> you know, capitalism, gotta love it. All that to say, you know, progress is good. But you can't have you can't tiptoe through things. You can't. And especially at this point, we're past the the status quo is helping no one but those in power. We are getting fucked over and just happy to get our crumbs. Why should we be okay with just being getting crumbs? Why should we be okay with saying, hey, I worked four jobs, worked 90 hours a week, and paid off my student loans in five years. Now, I'm gonna, I took 10 years off my life, but I'm proud of it. Why should you be proud of that when it, you should be like, why couldn't the government provide me to go to college for free so that I can be a productive citizen? I guess the way they're looking at it, they're mad at the – they would be mad at the fact that they did it, but then they see Joe Blow over there – that gets his whole college paid for when he has to pay whenever he already paid his whole loans off. Okay. Well, they also the you know, like the boomers that were able to pay for their college. College was a lot less expensive. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it was a lot less expensive, but the but the the point I'm trying to make is why is it that like as an example, like I said, Joe Blow over there gets his college paid for for free and this guy 
completely paid off his college and, and is debt free. But it's the fact of him having to go through that versus that guy getting a well, free and, and free ride. I get it, and that's a shitty situation for you. And I'm sorry, but you're now in a career that you're going to be making a lot of money, right? You earned it. I'm not saying you didn't earn it, but I was told growing up, you need to go to college. You need to go to college. You need to go to college. And okay, now call I get to college and see that it, I can't afford it. But if I don't go to college, I won't be able to succeed in life, so to speak, right? So I take out a loan, a predatory loan by a private company that's making money off of me, charging, you know, 10, 11%. So think about this. That's not helping the economy, these payments that I make. That's a tax. It's going strictly to Sally Mae, for instance. Do you think they're going to spend that money in the economy? No. They're putting that money in offshore bank accounts and they continue to make money off of me and millions of other people like me. So if the government forgives student loans, that much more money I'm going to be spending in the economy, which will be helping the boomers that are complaining about paying off their loans, but I'm not. You know, it'll benefit everyone by having a healthy economy because how do they not know that I may want to go work for them? And I'd be one of the best workers they'd ever have. You see what I'm saying? And then I would be more productive. So it's called getting your head out of your ass. That's like saying they're complaining, well, I had to pay for my student loans. Why shouldn't you? Okay, what about someone that had uh, polio? And, you know, you can't really hold on, hold on. I'm using a, a comparison. They had polio, but then. You know, somebody that was born a month and a, or a year after the polio vaccine came out and they got the vaccine and they didn't have polio, that's like blaming them for being born later. Is it their fault that they were born after the vaccine? It's called life. You know, it happens. But that person is still successful in their life. And that's what it comes down to is like, give a shit about other people. We've been so conditioned in this country to be so focused on individualism, right? Focus on myself and fuck anybody else. Hence, hence the 1% of billionaires that has hoarded the wealth. Right. But who does that end up benefiting? Themselves. Just them. So we've been so conditioned to focus on ourselves, we don't realize that we're fucking ourselves over in the long term. Because if we would focus on benefiting society overall— it would benefit us more in the long term. And that's what it comes down to is getting people to give a shit about others. Because they're so worried about themselves, if you just take the time to think long term and just be a decent human being, everyone will start benefiting more in the long term. And, I mean, yeah, that's all I got. I had that on my heart, and that's all I had to say about that. And no debating it. None. None. Your opinion. You that know is what? my opinion. And nobody else can. You're I, not changing. I will not. Dis, I will not uh, debate it because I saw it on Facebook and I shared it because I didn't want Mark Zuckerberg having access to my photos on a public Facebook forum, and I will not debate on a public forum either, even though I came on and posted on your page. But I will not debate it. Nope, that's just my opinion because I felt like that. Mm-hmm. Because I saw it on OAN and Newsmax. And then, but then you got to say facts over fiction. Man, fuck your feelings. But anywho, 
If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like, subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how you think. And if it's your first time listening, then you're in for a hell of a ride. (laughs) Exactly. We hope you enjoyed this ride. If you have puffy nipples, you can exit stage left. We do not want to hear from you again. You can. You are option C. You are option. Yes. You are option C. Puffy nipples. If you have puffy nipples, but any other way. We hope you enjoyed it. And Zach, take us out. Levitating your perspectives each episode at a time. Y'all have a great week.